Good morning, Sid Valley and the wonderful world beyond. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Mod Slot on Sid Valley Radio. I'm Adrian Brown and this is my very own house band, Booker T and the MGs, with their 1962 hit and signature tune, Green Onions. They say, if you got it, flaunt it. And over the next couple of hours, I'm certainly going to flaunt it because I've got it. The best music you'll hear this or any other weekend, that is. You know the rules by now. That's right, there ain't any. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. The small faces with what you're gonna do about it the mini mods cracking debut single written by stevie marriott and ronnie lane and released on the pie label in the uk on 6th of august 1965 it stayed in the uk charts for about a total of 14 weeks and a, an auspicious beginning for arguably the greatest mod band of all time and arguably one of the greatest 
rock bands of all time. You know, when I walked, on, walked up here this morning, it's, uh, the sun was peeking through, and I reached a point where I'm covered by trees, and I looked up, and the trees had blossom on them, some had blossom, some had catkins on them, and all were in bud. And I thought, yep, we are getting through dreadful January. And next week, we've got the Six Nations rugby starting. So spring is on its way. Right, that's enough waffle for the time being. Um, It's at this point in the proceedings that I normally tell you what's coming up in the show. And I see no reason to change a winning formula. So what have we got for you this morning? Well, as if my regular artist, the Beatles, Blur, The Who, The Jam, The Kinks, Georgie Fame and Madness aren't enough... Our threesome this week showcases a group that is as English as a ploughman's lunch and a pint of bitter. The current Mrs Brown has ordered me to play an absolute stonker of a track. Our jazz one will take us all the way to the legendary Ronnie Scott's club and we'll also be showing the interest in ladies' clothing. But, hold on, as dear Kennedy Everett would have said, it's all in the best possible taste. In fact, we're going to prove it, we're going to kick off with the exotically named Sugar Pie de Santo. Born in October the 16th, uh, 1935, in Brooklyn, New York, this tiny R&B chanteuse stood only 4 foot 11 in her bare feet, but boy, did she pack a powerful vocal punch. Here is the pocket rocket at the peak of her powers in 1964 with Maurice McAllister's soulful dress. Dress. Get it?
Pocket Rocket indeed. Sugar Pie DeSanto with Soulful Dress. Um, Mona, uh, brackets, I need you, baby, close brackets, was written by a chap called Elias McDaniel, otherwise known as Bo Diddley, and was the B-side to his 1957 single, Hey, Bo Diddley. According to Diddley's obituary in the New York Times, Mona was a song of praise he wrote for a 45-year-old exotic dancer who worked at the Flame Show Bar in Detroit. We're going to hear from the Rolling Stones with their knockout version uh, taken for their eponymous debut album released by Decca Records in the UK on the 16th of April 1964. Listen to the guitar, Diddley's guitar, and it's courtesy of Brian Jones, heavy on the tremolo and reverb, please. Oh, no. 
Rolling Stones and Mona and a very late and great Brian Jones there, sadly missed. Sticking with the 60s, and I count myself extremely lucky that my formative years were in that brilliant decade for music, we're going to hear from soul man Eddie Floyd, um, best known for his work on the Stax labels in the 60s and 70s, and we all know his uh, number one R&B hit, Knock on Wood. Here's the great man with Booker T. Jones on organ and guitar, Al Jackson Jr. on drums, and Donald Duck Dunn on bass, um, plus a meaty brass section with a sensational track that he wrote at the tail end of 1967 while he was waiting at London Airport for a plane to take him home to the States for Otis Redding's funeral. Surprisingly, it was never a big hit in his homeland, but unsurprisingly, it became a huge Northern Soul favourite in the UK and was later covered by The Jam. This is so good. Eddie Floyd, Big Bird.
Eddie Floyd, a big boat, what a powerful track that is. You're listening to Sid Valley Radio, radio by the community, for the community. Um, I had a scary moment in the week when I was planning this show. I, I got around to thinking about the jam, and um, it's amazing because the jam's tracks today are every bit as fresh and resonant, and their message is just as important as it was during the late 70s and early 80s. But this is the scary point, it's... The years of their pomp at the end of the 70s and early 80s were nearer to the, the Second World War than they are today. Um, perhaps it's even scarier to think that Paul Weller, uh, the mod father, is now in his fourth decade as a, as a solo artist. Um, he's released 16 studio albums, including six number ones, including his latest outing, uh, 2021's Fat Pop Volume 1. But I do think his best work outside of the jam was in the 1990s and this track uh, taken from his award-winning 1995 album Stanley Road is just about as good as it gets. In fact, it's a lot better than that. Flame. 
just close enough to tell you that you do something to me, something deep inside. Well, up with the beautiful You Do Something to Me. Scary to think that's nearly 30 years old, that track, and the mod father sounding more like a more than a little like Joe Cocker. Great stuff. Uh, a very good morning to Carly, Hannah, and Anya. I hope you are having a lovely weekend and a lovely Sunday morning. Thank you for joining me um, on Sid Valley Radio this morning. Um, yeah, you've probably doubled my audience, so it's great stuff. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. It's, we've now reached that point where um, we have this week's threesome. <clears throat> and um, think, when you think about English or British bands, there are some that always have that or had that transatlantic quality. I'm talking about bands like the Beatles, Stones, and, and who. Nothing wrong in that. That's fine. But on the other side of the coin, um, there are bands that are indivisible from being English or British. I'm thinking principally about about the Kinks, um, Madness, of course, The Jam, indeed. Uh, Blur, in their early days, were very, very archetypal English band. Morrissey, of course. Um, our, our threesome this week is also featuring a band that are as Vivian Stanchel would have said, uh, as English as Tuppence. Um, formed in Swindon in 1972 by Andy Partridge and um, Colin Moulding, XTC started out as an energetic punk new wave band, but they refused to be pigeonholed and they embraced a diverse range of styles and influences over the years, all the time maintaining that, that distinctive um, Englishness. Partridge denied this was conscious on his part, saying... I don't blame try to be English. I guess because I am English, it comes out English. I don't sit down and think, "Cor, blimey, could I put the Union Jack and a Beefeaters outfit on? I don't think Andy probably speaks like that, so apologies to him there. If push came to shove, I would, I would cite XTC as worthy successors to the Kinks, on a par with their peers, Squeeze Madness, The Jam and The Smiths, and worthy precursors to Blur, Although, sadly, they never achieved the kind of success that any of these bands enjoyed, partly due to poor management. They never received a share of profits from their record sales, of which there were millions, nor from touring revenue, which sent them into debt throughout the 80s and 90s, and partly because they had a, shall we say, a less than happy relationship with their record label Virgin. Um, and in 1993, as Prince and George Michael would later, they went on strike against the label. Um, and partly, the other reason why they never were in that top flight of bands, uh, were for me, but um, in, ter- in terms of sales, uh, because of the shape-shifting nature of their music, it wasn't always welcomed or understood by the, the buying public, which, as we know, is a very fickle beast. Um they produced 12 very good studio albums between 78 and 2000, a whole host of compilation outtake and demo albums, and released about 40 singles. Despite only achieving sporadic commercial success in the UK and the US, 
They attracted a considerable cult following, including yours truly, and they've been hugely influential on post-punk, Britpop and rock art, art rock acts, and I certainly include Blur in that. Um, this is a song written by Colin Moulding, recorded and released in June 79 on Virgin as the lead single for their 1979 album Drums and Wires.
knockout. XTC making plans for Nigel. A very good morning to my cousin Neil Brown and Julie George. I hope you're both all. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Lovely stuff. You've joined us just in time for the Beatles, um, my favourite band, and I don't care who doesn't think so, the greatest band the world has ever known. I'm going to play one of my favourite numbers from their early years, and for me, it provides the first evidence that they were more than a just a yeah, yeah, yeah band. Uh, Things We Said Today was credited to John Lennon and Paul McCartney, but it was, of course, Paul's work. And um, it's a thing of great maturity, intelligence and beauty. Um, McCartney wrote the song in May 1964 while cruising around the Caribbean aboard a yacht. And his then-girlfriend, Jane Asher, with his then-girlfriend, Jane Asher. So we can only imagine just how hard life must have been for him at the time. Um, the track was intended for the film A Hard Day's Night, but didn't, sadly didn't make it onto the screen. But it did appear on the, the album of the same name and was also the B-side of the title track when it was released as a single in the UK on the 10th of July, 1964. Just lose yourself in this. It's wonderful. You say you will love me If I have to go You'll be thinking of me Somehow I will know Someday when I'm lonely Wishing you weren't so far away Then I will remember Things we said today You say you'll be mine, girl Till the end of time These days such a kind girl Seems so hard to find Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Me I'm just the lucky kind Love to hear Say that love is love And though we may be blind Love is here to stay And that's enough To make you mine, girl Be the only one Love me all the time, girl We'll go on and on Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember things we said today Me, I'm just the lucky kind Love to hear you say that love is love Though we may be blind Love is here to stay and that's enough To make you mine, girl Be the only one Love me all the time, girl We'll go on and on Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Wonderful things we said today, the Beatles, and I've said it before, and I'm not afraid to say it again. 
I count myself as being really lucky that I was a child of the 60s. Marvellous. Sticking with the 1960s, should we have something glorious from the young David Bowie? Yeah, why not? Can't Help Thinking About Me was written by Bowie in 1965 and released as a single under the name David Bowie with the Lower Third. This was his first single after he changed his name from David or Davy Jones, as so not to be confused with a certain cheeky monkey of the same name. This was produced within 15 days of the 18-year-old Bowie signing to the Pie label on 25th of November 1965 uh, by producer and songwriter Tony don't sleep in the subway, darling Hatch. On 10th of December 1965, this is simply marvellous. Questions and answers have brought dishonour. My head's bowed in shame, it seems that I've blackened the family name. Mother says that she can't stand the neighbors talking I've got to pack my bags, leave this home, start walking Yeah, I'm guilty, I wish that I was sorry this time I wish that I could pay for my crime I can't help thinking about me I can't help thinking about me Remember when we used to go to church on Sundays I lay awake at night, terrified of school on Mondays Oh, but it's too late now I wish I was a child again I wish I felt secure again I can't help thinking about it Only 18 and already writing songs of such maturity and high calibre. The wonderful David Bowie.
hello, hello, hello. Here's Harry J All-Stars with Liquid Data, which means we've reached the part of the show where the current Mrs. Brown savagely elbows me out of the way and presents the waiting world with her latest housewife's choice. This week, she's gone for recording from a precocious and insanely talented 17-year-old who'd already been a professional musician for nigh on seven years. The track she's chosen was originally written as a slow ballad by Ron Miller and Orlando Murden for Motown Records and first recorded in 1965. There are different accounts of its earliest versions, although it seems that the first was recorded by Barbara McNair, but first released in 1966 by Jean Duchamp. Other early versions in its ballad form were issued by The Four Tops, The Temptations, Dinah Ross and Tony Bennett, whose recording was the first to reach the pop charts, and I think you agree that's pretty stiff opposition to be measured against. However, our little lad's up-tempo version, recorded in the summer of 1967 and released on the 15th of October 1968, mark those dates, is easily the most familiar and successful of the lot.
Knockout track. Well done, Mrs. Brown. Lovely one. Morning, John and Elaine. I hope you're having a great morning. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll just go back to that Stevie Wonder track for a moment, because if you're wondering why there was such a gap between recording, which was the summer of 67, and the release, which was October 1968, it was because uh, Motown Supremo Barry Gordy didn't like the Stevie Wonder version. And the recording was shelved until October 68. When it was finally released, it reached number three in the UK charts, later being certified platinum, and number two in both the Billboard Top Singles and Billboard R&B Singles charts in the US, only being held off from the summit on each chart by another Motown single Gordy had originally vetoed, wait for it, Marvin Gaye's I Heard It Through the Grapevine. If there's a lesson to be had with this, it's that even the, the... even the great can make a mistake. Or, in Barry Gordy's case, two mistakes. Um, there are certain two-word phrases or collocations, as I believe they're called, that immediately set my teeth on edge and they're liable to send me running for the hills. Um, these include craft fair, action comedy, magic show and conspiracy theory and i'd also include rock opera in that list so i was a little surprised to find that our next excellent track uh, was originally intended to be part of a rock opera called quads which was to be set in a dystopian future where parents could choose the sex of their children the idea was later scrapped and a good thing too but this song survived and was later released as a single on the 26th of august 1966 For me, the best year of all for pop and rock music. The song's about a family who order four girls, but a mistake is made and three girls and one boy are delivered instead. The boy dreams of partaking in sports and other masculine activities, but his mother forces him to act like his sisters and, well, well, you know the rest. Hey 
The Ooh with I'm a Boy, written by Pete Townsend. It made it to number two on the 29th of September 1966. And let us not forget the travesty is that the Who never had a number one. Incredible. Um, number two on 29th of September 1966, where it was written, uh, it was kept from the top spot by Jim Reeves' distant drums. Well, that's the swinging 60s, and that's rock and roll for you. A very good morning to Catherine and Sandy, very good friends of the current Mrs. Brown and I. Hope you're having a great weekend and a great Sunday. Um, Catherine is a big fan of the jazz pianist Oscar Peterson. So, Catherine, take notice. Um, Sunday, 11th of February, I have racked up an absolutely superb track, Oscar Peterson Trio, so make sure you listen in then. Right, let's move on to have another look at ladies' clothes, and this time we're going down under to Perth, Western Australia to be precise, and Soul Outfit, Soul Purpose, with a cracking 1969 cover of US band Sunny and Sunliner's Hip Hugging Mini, knockout vocal from Russ Kennedy. Soul Purpose with Hip Hugging Mini. With good morning to everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. You're listening to Sid Valley Radio. That is radio for the community, by the community, or as they say in Greece, Gia Kinotita Apotin Kinotita. There we are, I bet you didn't know that. Um, we're going to move on to the next in our three, this week's threesome, the cruelly um, underrated XTC, and a track from their album Skylarking, released on the 27th of October 1986, again on Virgin. It's produced by Todd Rungren, uh, the um, producer and musician who'd previously 
put records out for Badfinger, The Tubes, New York Dolls and Meatloaf. I'm going to play a really exquisite track called The Man Who Sailed Around His Soul. Um, but before I do, I want to give you a bit of background to show you just what the world of rock and pop can actually be like. Um, the collaboration with Rungan proved to be difficult, um, especially for Andy, Andy Partridge, and he was a bit of a, a spiky character in his own right, and numerous disagreements broke out over all manner of quibbles, major and minor. And Partridge had really been de facto producer on XTC's previous output, um, dis. Rungren's musical preferences as completely contradictory to his own. And Rungren had the grace to admit that, and I'll do the American accent, I think, essentially it was completely um, kind of preordained by me what the record was going to be, which was something they never endured before. I think Colin and Dave trusted me, but Andy never did. Dave Gregory intimated that Todd and Andy were like chalk and cheese's personality, and they did it hit it off from the start and things went from bad to worse and boy you can say that again um partridge was frustrated with the producer's continual patronizing and sarcastic remarks during sessions and as he remembered todd would ask how you were going to do the vocals and you'd stand in front of the mic and do one run through to clear your throat and, and he would say that was expletive i'll come down and you can rec record it and you have me in your headphones to sing along to. Another line he recalled was, you can expletive around the track for a few hours on your way if you like. I'm going up to my house. When you find out it doesn't work your way, give me a call and record it my way. And things got so bad at one point that Rungan claimed that there was a moment that Andy said he was going to cleave his head in two with an axe, uh, but apparently it was just words. So that's absolutely fine then, isn't it? Um, the band began to play um, the theme from the Munsters whenever they see, uh, could see Rungan arriving at the studio because of his striking resemblance to Herman Munster. And having seen the photographs, I have to say that uh, Swindon's finest were... Um, on the money, they had a point. Now, based on the stuff that I've just told you about, and, and, and there's a whole lot more, uh, Partridge became known for being difficult to work with, and as I said, he was no doubt he could be notoriously spiky, and he initially wondered if he'd been wrong in his um, perception of the sessions, and later he spoke to other artists who, who worked with Rungren, only to find that nine times out of ten, they would say he'd, he'd been just like it with them as well. So, a difficult... A difficult recording um all i can say though this is one very cool and beautiful track and despite all the aggro and brouhaha that went along the way something must have clicked for messrs partridge and rungan as you'll find out <laughs> From pole to pole With eager as his drunken captain greed The mutineer had trapped all reason in the hole The man who walked across his heart He took no compass, guide or chart To rope and tar his blood congeal When he found himself revealed a cold It's no place like home 
Was that the man who sailed around his soul XTC I'd like to dedicate that to Neil and Julie Neil appears to be a, a fan of XTC which makes him an incredibly tasteful intelligent person do yourselves a favour uh, listening world uh, after the show get, get onto YouTube and um, rack up that man who sailed around his soul because there's a brilliant um, live version of it which was filmed um, at Port Merion uh, where they filmed The Prisoner uh, Channel 4 did a, a programme in the 80s called The Laughing Prisoner and uh, it's, just, it's just so cool it's just so cool let's have a bit of the kinks um, Tired of Waiting for You is the uh, kinks third single and their second number one released as a single on 15th of January 1965 in the UK and it appeared on their second studio album Kind of Kinks Dave Davis is on record as saying that following the hard driving, you've really got me and um, all day and all of the night. It was a change of style and we got a little bit posher up.
The kinks there with a nice bit of posh, tired of waiting for you. Lovely stuff. Um, time for our weekly jazz one. And <clears throat> excuse me, this week I'm going to take you to a live um, track from Ronnie Scott's Club in 1962. Uh, the world-famous Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club opened on the 30th of October 1959 in a basement at 39 Gerrard Street in Soho, and uh, it was set up and managed by tenor saxophonist Ronnie Scott and Pete King, and in 1965 it moved to a larger venue nearby at 47 Thrift Street. Um, Pete King actually gave up playing the sax to um, run the club, and Ronnie Scott regularly acted as the club's MC, and was well known for his uh, repertoire of jokes, asides, and one-liners. Uh, the drinks were crippingly expensive, and the food was average at best. And uh, as Ronnie Scott once said himself, our food can't be that bad. A thousand flies can't be wrong. Um, but for all that, the atmosphere was incredible, and I speak from experience, and you got to listen to the best jazz musicians the world had to offer um if you'd gone there in the 60s you'd have probably bumped into the beatles if you went there in the 70s you would have probably bumped into spike milligan who was a great jazz fan and if you'd gone in the early 80s you would probably have bumped into me because I, I used to go there on a fairly regular basis and in 1981 my, my lovely stepfather um dennis who was a, a tenor man himself we went to see uh, the great art pepper uh, the, the year before he sadly passed away um back to ronnie scott ronnie's probably the most successful outing as a musician was the british jazz group the jazz couriers which ran between uh, 1957 and 59 and he co-led with my favorite tenor saxophonist tubby hayes and it was the tubby hayes quintet that opened the club in 1959 this is angel eyes written by earl brent and matt dennis and recorded live at ronnie scott club on the 17th and 18th of May 1962 and it was released on the Fontana label in 1963 and just for change um, Tubby isn't playing the tenor sax he was equally proficient on the flute and the vibraphone and on this one he's hammering away with his hammers We'd like to play an arrangement by Alan Ganley of Angel Eyes Thank you. 
Tubby Hayes Quintet at Ronnie Scott's with Angel Eyes from the album Late Spot at Scott's. Um, just, just blew me away. I'm, I'm shivering. I'm shivering. Um, right, let's have a bit of the jam. And it's very warm. Welcome back to Messrs. Weller, Foxton and Buckler. Here they are with their 1979 single Strange Town, released on the 9th of March, which released, uh, reached number 15 in UK singles charts on the 8th of April.
Strange Town from the Jam. How powerful was that? Paul Weller, you know, <coughs> excuse me, he, he later reckoned that Strange Town was one of the three best songs he'd written in his entire career, so far, of course, along with Good Vibrations and White Christmas. No, only joking. We are going to move on to a bit of Blue-Eyed Soul. Let me just explain what Blue-Eyed Soul is. It's basically soul music performed or certainly sung by white people. Now, that might sound a little bit derogatory, but it's not when you consider that people were talking about of the calibre of Dusty Springfield, Tom Jones, Chris Farlow, and later uh, Mick Hucknall and Amy Winehouse. Um, we're going to hear um, a song called Sunny, uh, which was written by Bobby Hebb and one of the most performed and popular songs of all time. And it would probably take me the rest of my shift, which has only got about 40-odd minutes to go, to give you the list of the great, the good and the distinctly average who have recorded it. Hebb wrote the song in the 48 hours following a double tragedy. Um, I don't want to lower the, lower the uh, enthusiasm here, but... It's all part and parcel of it. On the on second November, twenty um, second November, nineteen sixty three, the U.S. President um, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in, in in Dallas, and Hebb's older brother Harold was also stabbed to death outside the Nashville nightclub on the same day. And many critics say that those events, uh, critically, the loss of his older brother, inspired the lyrics and the tune. According to Hebb, he merely wrote the song as an expression of a preference for a sunny disposition over, in his words, a lousy disposition following the murder of his brother. No matter. It's a beautiful song, and here is my favourite version. Sunny Well, yesterday my life Filled with rain Sunny You smile at me And really ease the pain All oh, the dark days are done The bright days are here My sun and one Shine so sincere Sunny one so true I love you Just fine 
time favourite artist Georgie Fame with Bobby Hebb's Sonny right let's hear from another of my all time favourites or favourite groups Blur um, The Magic Whip is Blur's 8th studio album recorded in Hong Kong and London and released in April 2015 it was the band's first studio album in 12 years since 2003's Think Tank and it marked the longest gap between studio albums in the whole of Blur's career so far of course because very much with us today. Um, it debuted at number one on the UK albums chart, making it Blur's sixth UK number one album, the seventh being last year's the truly excellent The Ballad of Darren. And uh, The Magic Whip was acclaimed by music critics as a stunning return to form following such a high, uh, a long hiatus and for once they'd actually got that right this is the first track from the album and you can really hear that the boys are up for it great stuff
wonderful blow of Lonesome Street taken from their 2015 album, The Magic Whip. And as if by magic, we are moving from post-Britpop over to Northern Soul, and we're going to hear from Eddie Hendricks, who is the co-founder of The Temptations and one of their lead singers from 1960 to 71. Here he is with the absolutely delightful Date with the Rain, uh, written by Bobby Miller and released on the Tamla label in 1976. Something gorgeous. the immaculate Eddie Kendricks with Date With The Rain. Alas, we have reached the final of our XT3 um, threesome for this week. Um, I'm going to play a track which was on their album English Settlement. And if you go onto um, Facebook and have a look at the um, Sid Valley Radio um, page, you'll see that uh, one of the, on my ad, my advert for today's show, it's got the uh, the the cover of um, English Settlement. It's, it's the Uffington White Horse, and you can't get much more um, English than that. This is Senses Working Overtime, uh, written by Andy Partridge, and it was based upon Manfred Mann's uh, five four three two one. 
Yep, XCC from 
XTC, I thank you. Marvellous stuff. Um, you, you can say many things about this show, but one thing you can't say is that I'm not, not afraid to mix it up. And we're going to have a final look at the wonderful world of women's clothing. And uh, here's the chairman of the board's daughter uh, with a feisty track from 1966, which released further leases of life as part of the soundtracks for Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket and Austin Powers' International Man of History, or even Mystery. Shouldn't have been a messin' And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Yeah You keep lying when you ought to be truthing And you keep losing when you ought to not bet You keep saying when you ought to be a changing Now what's right is right, but you ain't been right yet These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing And you keep thinking that you'll never get burned I just found me a brand new box of matches, yeah And what he knows you ain't had time to learn These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Are you ready, Boots? Start walking. Nancy Sinatra of these boots are made for walking, written by Lee, her longtime collaborator Lee Hazelwood, and uh, reached number one in the United States Billboard Hot 100 in 1966. Great stuff. I, lo- I just love the, the brass play out of that. Brilliant. Moving swiftly on, we're going back across the pond now to good old Blighty, and uh, Do Wa Diddy Diddy was a song written by Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich and originally recorded in. 1963 minus one diddy as do our diddy by an american vocal group the exciters unfortunately it was about as exciting as toothache and uh, so we're going to have the manfred man version instead which was released on 10th of july 
hitting the number one spot in the UK and the US in 1963, and quite right too. There she was, just walking down the street singing. She looked fine And I nearly lost my mind Before I knew it She was walking next to me singing Holding my hand Just as natural as can be singing We walk on To my door We walk on to my door Then we kissed a little more Nearly every single day singing Marvellous, absolutely marvellous. Manfred Mann with do diddy diddy The great Paul Jones on vocals. We are going to pay a visit to Camden now um, and hear from our good friends Madness. Last week I played a track called Tiptoes, from excellent track from Madness's seriously good 1982 album, The Rise and Fall, which is arguably their best album. Here's another track from the same album, called Calling Cards. It's uh, from the pens of the saxophonist Lee Thompson and the guitarist Chris Foreman, and it finds the Nutty Boys in fine fettle. I just love Suggsy's vocals on this one. Hey, something office in the old Kent Road Case from coast to most a nice little number if you're out of work and on the soup to post. You're in need of a job, of a job, of a job. I'm your man to see. I'll sit, I'll listen, I'll not say a word unless said will be best for we. What a firm and naughty boy. I've been a naughty boy. We don't want to mark each other's card except the one you'll need. I need you when you return to help build my company. My twins work brighten on a sunny day They cover town with a shake of a hand On a high come back, cause I don't come back Now they're working in the promised land 
Madness with calling cards. Superb piano there for Mike Barson, the great Barzo as he is known. We're going to drop back to 1963 and a soul track which would become a Northern Soul classic. Uh, Bored on November 13th, 1940 in South Carolina, Justine Washington, better known as Baby, had a pretty sketchy career with just 16 chart entries in a 15-year period, most of which were during the, the 60s. She's probably... Best known for her biggest hit, That's How Heartaches Were Made, which made the uh, top 40 on the Sioux record label in 1963. Here's a lovely track from the same year and on the same label, I Can't Wait Until I See My Baby's Face, co-written by Chip Taylor and Jerry Ragavi. Tell him that I'm through Oh, I 
just glorious, isn't it? Baby Washington with I Can't Wait Until I See Me My Baby's Face. Um, from one great soul artist to another, Curtis Mayfield, uh, born on 3rd of June, 42, and sadly passed away too much too early on December the 26th, 1999. Uh, triple threat, really, singer-songwriter, guitarist, and record producer, and one of the most influential musicians behind soul and the politically conscious African-American music, which um, came into being really towards the end of the 60s, early 70s. Uh, dubbed the gentle genius, he first achieved success and recognition with the rock and roll Hall of Fame inducted group The Impressions during the civil rights uh, movement of the late 50s and into the 60s and then worked as a solo artist. This is a track um, from 1970, released in September. The chart single made number 12 in the UK charts on the 28th of August 1971. You know this one. Curtis Mayfield, what a beautiful voice and what a stonking 
brass section. Uh, we're going to move on to one of my favourite tracks of the early uh, 2000s. The Coral were formed in 1966 in uh, in Hoylake on the Wirral, Merseyside, and uh, their 2002 debut album, The Coral, uh, from which came the single Dreaming of You, was nominated for the Mercury Music Prize and listed as one of the best albums of the year by NME magazine, quite right. So strongly reminiscent of mod band, uh, The Action's 1965 cover of the Holland Dozier Holland hit In My Lonely Room. This is Dreaming of You. dreaming of you now it's not often you'll hear me say on sid valley radio let's have a classic piece of house music from 1989 but it's the first time for everything Fighting for peace Carry 
Yeah, Sydney Youngblood. And if that name isn't worth the price of admission alone, I don't know what is. Uh, joint American-German uh, nationality there from 1989. Lovely track. We have just about time for a bit of Van Morrison. Um, back on top was Van Morrison's 27th studio album, released in 1999. And after a few years of commercial, if not necessarily critical success, the 10 songs on the album, all written by um, Morrison, were a real return to form and um, our next track is pretty apt for where we are in the show. She's so beautiful, but she's gonna die someday. Everything in life just passes away. Precious time is slipping away. You know she's only queen for a day. It doesn't matter to which God you pray. Precious time is slipping away. Turns. But the fire's still in me and the passion it burns I love him really till the day I die Till hell freezes over and the rivers run dry But this is time is slipping away You know she's only queen for a day Doesn't matter to which cause you pray Because this is time is slipping away Stepping away, you know you're only king for a day. It doesn't matter to which God you pray. Precious time is slipping away. Precious time is slipping away. You know you're only king for a day. Doesn't matter to which God you pray because precious time is slipping away.
coming home, baby, now. I'm coming home now, right away. I'm coming home, baby, now. I'm sorry now I ever went away. Every night and day I go and stay. I'm coming home, baby. As the second century Roman philosopher emperor Marcus Aurelius said, Time is a river of passing events, and strong is its current. No sooner is a thing brought to sight than it is swept by. Or in other words, another two hours of passing what seems more like the blink of an eye, and to paraphrase it, other great philosopher Frank Sinatra, and now the end is near, and so we face the final curtain. And here to ring down that curtain is the estimable Mr Mel Torme, Thank you so much for your company this morning. I hope you enjoyed today's jollies as much as I did. I'm off home now for a little R&R and perhaps more than a little G&T before the weekend grasps its last. But I'll be back next Sunday. And please, please, please drop everything you have on next week within reason and make sure you join me because I have a very special show for you and it won't be the same if you're not here. Until then, have a super Sunday, a wonderful week. And above all, make sure you keep that faith safe and sound. Until next time, I'm coming home, baby. I'm coming home, baby, now. They can't hold me back now, no more. I'm pressing on, baby, now And pacing up and down the floor Oh, hear me holler and hear me roll 